Some of us are interested to know why you've come back, Trudy. I've been running away for ages. From Zoot, Gray, you guys, even my own baby. I don't want to run anymore. Into your next little crisis? Go on. It's time I grew up. Faced responsibilities. High time. And I've come to say, I'm sorry for everything. And I'm going to make it up to you all. We've heard it all before. It's different this time, truly. I want to stay. And I want my baby back. Welcome to episode 25 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the panel today is Liz. Hello. Hill. And Sabine. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt, Kata, and myself. So episode 25, the screenplay was done by Carrie Rose. It was directed by John Reed. And the episode synopsis will be read out by Liz. Thinking it will land him more late night encounters, Lex encourages Tysan to teach him the ways of spiritual awakenings. Trudy's return to the mall prompts mixed emotions and concern over Dal's whereabouts. Meanwhile, having confided in another new member of the Nomads, a boy named Sasha, Dal finds himself also wanting to return to the mall. But will Troy and Susanna allow it? So the episode um, starts off with Trudy returning to the mall, but the mall rats aren't exactly thrilled to see her. Despite Amber's anger and Bray's indifference, Patsy, Chloe and Tysan all argue for a fair hearing. Um, yes, panel, uh, what do you think of the group's discussion surrounding her return to the mall? Um, especially about the issues of trust. Um, I thought it was a very reasonable um, reaction for the group to have. You know, uh, we got to see Trudy's epiphany, but they did not. Also, Mm -hmm. we were third-party observers of Trudy's state of mind, and we weren't personally affected by Trudy's behavior, so it's a lot easier for us to be open-minded to why she's back and be more understanding of it. But if you were in the group and you were a victim of her behavior, or you were someone who had to put up with it, or take care of her, or whatever, yeah, you wouldn't be so thrilled to see her. And um, if you'd witnessed the way she neglected her child, you might not be eager to give that kid back to her, you know? And they don't have a reason to believe that that would be a good idea. So, I, yeah, their reaction made perfect sense. I mean, they're not just being jerks. They have very valid concerns about her being back and handing a helpless child over to her again. That's actually a really good point about passing Brady over. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. Like, how easy would it have been for her to, like, slip again with the kid? I never thought about that one before. I mean, if you're dealing in the real world and you're dealing with someone who's a neglectful parent, you know, yeah. you have safety checks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we still... Our instinct is, okay, maybe this child needs to be removed from the home because the parents aren't caring for them and the parents have to do something to prove that they're ready to have their child back in their home, you know? Mm. Um, So, yeah, the fact that Celine gives the baby back, I don't think people really think about how easily they could have just kept Brady from Trudy. There's literally nothing Trudy could have done 
to get her daughter back if the tribe said, no, nah, we don't think you should have her, you know? Um, Lex actually no, does put that up. No. Right. There's no authority she could appeal to. There's no one she could go to and say, please let me have my baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did think that's a very pivotal moment. It says so much about these people that Celine gave the baby back. She didn't have to. And the others would have, they would have uh, backed her up if she said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trudy would have had to wait a little while. So I think like she, you know, if, if Celine hadn't wanted to give Brady back, mm-hmm. uh, Trudy would have had to prove herself over, you know, some time before the others would have been like, oh, you know, maybe you should give her her child back. She's been proving herself. And, but um, they didn't make her do that. She's very lucky. She's very fortunate. And that's a lot of Bob, though. I mean, even Bob just puts his head down with, oh, God, here she is again. Like, I mean, I give it to Patsy for trusting her, I guess. But yeah. I like how everyone is like, no, like, we don't even want to hear her out at this point. There, there was one thing when she came in and spoke to Amber, though, that made me wait. Well, I heard more words than that were said. Because Amber says, you have a lot of explaining to do. And he said it in such a way that I kept hearing, you have a lot, a lot of explaining to do, young lady. Yeah. I think that mostly had to do with Dal, though. Like, that's how I looked into that one. Yeah. Amber was annoyed she didn't bring him back. Yeah. Like, I think, I love Amber in the scene because she's annoyed that Trudy's back and that might crush her chances with Bray. And, like, also her bestie isn't there either. And so she's <laughs> just, like, really pissed off. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, it's kind of fun to see. I also get the sense that Amber, as well as members of the group, are relieved to finally be able to just say what they feel to Trudy. Yeah. Like express the fact that they don't like her and they're not happy she's back because they had to spend all that time tiptoeing around her and playing nice regardless. Mm-hmm. And Amber, especially, you can tell she's just happy that the gloves are off. You know what I mean? She doesn't have to pretend to be nice anymore. And um, everybody else is joined in on that, you know, except for a few members of the tribe. It's interesting that Patsy and Chloe are the ones who, like, are the ones who see reason, and they're like, we're the little ones, but you're always telling us to be nice and play fair, and now you guys are... Well, on one hand, they have that childish innocence, you know, where things mm-hmm. are very simple. And two, they haven't been as affected by Trudy's behavior. They're not the ones who had to step in and take care of her. They weren't the ones that she lashed out at, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have to suffer her mood swings or her attitude or just you know they didn't have to put up with that they didn't even have to see the worst of it so you know they got to see her like from more of a distance and have more sympathy for what she was going through because they were never basically the victims of Trudy's behavior I guess. I think for one point in that especially the young ones could have also seen it as Oh, there's a chance for Brady to have her mommy back. Yeah. And they give everything to have their own mommies back. That's true, too. They're also not angry. Like, you can tell most of the group is angry at Trudy. So that's where mm-hmm. a lot of this is coming from. But the girls don't have a reason to be angry at Trudy. You know what I mean? So they're just like, why aren't we listening to her? Why are we lashing out at her? They don't get it because they're not feeling that emotion that the others are. In the same way that Tysan doesn't really care. <laughs> Because she's never paid attention to much of Trudy's behavior and she wasn't there for a lot of it. And so it's easy for her to just brush it under the rug. She never, you know, had to come in contact with Trudy when she was like that. She never had to put up with it. She never had to take care of Trudy, you know, so she was able to keep that distance as well. So it's easy for Tysan to also waltz in and say, no, it doesn't matter what happened before. We're all friends now and she's back. So let it go. You know what I also found interesting is that 
back on Chloe. Like she said at one point that she ran away from home once and mm -hmm. they still had her back. And Amber was like, that was your mom and dad. Chloe also ran away from the mall though. Yeah. Like I watched that this morning and I was like, wait a sec. Did, did we just forget about the whole reason why Tyson is here mm -hmm. to that? Like, yeah, I thought they glossed. I thought that's what she was talking about at first. Yeah, that, me too. Like, and then, you know, Amber said, that was your parents. And I'm like, but, wait, she ran away from you guys. And you had her back. And I'm glad. I thought that's what Chloe was referring to. Me but, too. But you know what, Hill? There are a lot of weird little slippage in the... And no, in this episode... The, the script there are a lot of weird inferences that seem to almost forget that other episodes happened I, yeah but for some reason like that one happened to bug me today like i had to pause it and like take a minute and just like yell at my tv because i can think of three of them in this episode alone where something is said or spoken in the script that seems like did you guys, whoever wrote this, did you watch the Maybe. previous episodes? I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. There's also quite a few um, just sudden, like, bits of backstory suddenly thrown into this episode for different characters as well. Because um, you see it with KC later on where he says about um, his house having been burnt down. Yeah. Like, casually thrown in there. It's just, a, I don't know. It's a bit weirdly written, I thought. Yeah. I don't think this is a very well-written episode. No. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking that watching it, I was like, oh, this is an awkwardly written episode. There's a lot going on, too. Like, it's one of those, it's not written well, but there's a lot that's not said, I think. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, the whole episode is basically about apologies and stuff. But yeah, it's it, it's not the best written. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll get into the other bits later. But yeah, I don't think it was that well written. I mean, it gets the job done, but... That's all it does. It gets the job done. I, I kind of felt bad, a little bad for Trudy because, man, it took a lot of bravery to face those people again. I mean, if you've ever really, really messed up, made a fool of yourself, acted a fool, you just acted like a jerk and then had to go face those people afterward and apologize and basically put yourself at their mercy. And it's not because of food. She didn't need them for food. She didn't need them for a place to stay. You know, it was for her child. Someone. I do like that she says that. She's like, there's plenty of food. Like yeah, like, I swear, I only came back for Brady. I realized that this is where I belong. And just having to eat crow, you know, and take what everyone's saying at her. Because they're not pulling any punches. Like, they're being very insulting straight to her face. And she just has to swallow it up because she knows, yeah, I, I kind of did this. I, you know, I created this ill will between us, you know, and just swallow it down. Yep, you're right. I'm sorry. I deserve that. And I'm like, that's ballsy. Bravo to you. It's it's hard admitting you're wrong. <laughs> like, it's so hard. And Antonia did a really good job with, as we said, a kind of lousy script. Um, you know, I actually kind of felt a little bit for Trudy a little bit, just a tad. Ooh, um, <laughs> I think I haven't said that yet this season. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I did, I believed her. Like she, I, I believed her that she was coming back for her kid and, you know, was going to make a try at it. That I mean, look on her face when... She's like, you mean you won't give her back to me? Yes. Like it <laughs> occurred to her that she may have messed up that bad and that there's nothing she can do to make them give her the child mm. back. That's terrifying. I, I was actually looking at SE Nodal. I was, I was actually wanting to see what would happen if she, if they said no, because <laughs> she was about to flip out into full like mama bear mode. <laughs> like, that would have been funny. 
Like, mm-hmm. I kind of, man, why didn't we get to see that? that I don't think, I honestly, honestly don't think that's how she would have reacted, though. Yeah. I think she would have broke down, you know? Like, I yeah, don't think I, she would have attacked anyone. Yeah, what, she kind of looked on the verge of tears like, at I, a yeah, lot of points. I think she would have just broke down that point of realizing that that's how badly you have messed up. It's hopeless, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I think she yeah. would have gone. We would have seen her on the floor crying. Even, like, almost at a point of begging, please. I know I screwed up. Please give me a chance to prove myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't think she would have lashed out at anybody. Nope. Me, Not lashed I don't. out. Yeah, I think she would have tried to grab grab her off of Celine. Probably. I, I, I watched too much Mandalorian for this conversation. <laughs> the headspace <laughs> she's in right now, I don't think that's how she would react. Because she's in a humble place right now. She's not in her entitled space. You know, she's eating crow. And she knows that she's got to swallow every bite. There's precedent of her doing that last night. I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm saying that her headspace is different Mm -hmm. than when she's in her manic episodes. She's in her entitled headspace where she thinks it's okay to behave this way. Yes, she lashes out. You say something she doesn't like, she's ready to slap you. You do something she doesn't like, she's ready to slap you. That's entitled, Trudy. I don't think she's in that headspace right in this conversation. She's in a completely different place where I don't believe she would lash out and try to take her child because Trudy doesn't even believe she deserves her child. And if this whole group told her, sorry, you don't deserve her, we're keeping her, what can she say to that? She knows they're right. That's why I think she would break Mm -hmm. down and beg. I don't think she would just take Trudy. I mean, take Brady. I fully agree with you on that one. Yes. Who are you? A Trevor. A friend. You knew we were here? I thought you were. Same thing. Sort of like a sixth sense. Yeah. We've all got it. Even you. Uh, switching to the nomad camp, um, we're introduced to a brand new character within the show, <laughs> Sasha. Um, a traveling entertainer who's made his way throughout Tribe World. I've got quite a few questions for the panel. Um <laughs> First things first, what did you think about this completely different character being thrown into the mix? Go on, ladies. I know you got plenty to say. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. At first, he seemed kind of fun, though, mm-hmm. for a moment. Hold on. <laughs> Before we get into this, let me just preface this. Let's forget <laughs> what will happen in the future. Let's just preface it first. <laughs> Let's forget what is going to happen in the future. Just first impressions about him. You guys are going to laugh at me, man. First time nine-year-old adorable Hillary with her bowl of cereal was watching this episode. Once again, the cannibal flag raised up. I thought he was working with the nomads. I thought this was all like a plan. It's like you are too weird. Like this is this is a trap. But yeah, I don't like Sasha. I I was I did a lot of thinking about this this morning. And you know, later on, I'm not gonna touch on everything later on, but Ned gets a really bad rap with the fans too. And I'd much prefer Ned than Sasha because at least we have Alice when Ned is around. And I like Alice. Right now, we just have everyone pining over Bray and this guy with the weird hat. Good night. I mean, come he comes in, he brings a lot of fun. He's instantly a likable character. I mean, like, what was not like? I just, I don't like him. <laughs> Whereas I'm the weird one here and I liked him at first. He once he's like he rubbed he rubbed me like Troy and Susanna where he was too nice. There was something he he's too shiny and less corrupt or not corrupt, but like 
the world hasn't hardened him as much as like the rest of the Mallrats. So something had to be wrong. Like he had to have some other way of coping, which is like cannibalism, selling people. I don't know, whatever. Like he's too nice to be in Tribe World. I did wonder if he had all his ducks in a row in his head, but um, but yeah, to me, he didn't seem evil. No, yeah. When he arrived, he he just seemed like this guy who was completely clueless to how messed up the world actually was. Why is my brain messed up that when I see people who are happy, I think there's they have to have bodies in a basement somewhere. That's what I want to know. Yeah, but you love you hate clowns. True. Here, here comes Sasha juggling and everything. But he he doesn't present as a clown. No, I'm fine with clowns as long as they don't have noses. I'm one of those weirdos who really enjoys Sasha. I think he's a great character. My favorite thing about Sasha is that he's temporary, and I feel like um, he is a metaphor embodied in a person. He is the road not taken. You know what I mean? Um, Sasha is a kind of lifestyle. He's a holiday. You know what I mean? You can't live on holiday because you've got to get things done. And it loses its meaning once you're there too long. Holidays are lovely because they're short and they're in between the heavier moments of life and we have to get everything done. They're a release from stuff. They're the things that we take pictures of, you know? And um, we need those moments. And I do really like the break that Sasha brings into the story, this lighthearted effervescence. There's really very little to think about and worry about. And that's what he encourages us to do. And it's, it's quite nice, but it's also not sustainable. And I think that's important about Sasha. Um, the reason that, you know, Amber doesn't end up going with him. He is not a sustainable lifestyle. Sasha doesn't truly care about anything. Um, and that is why he's able to float through life in this lovely way. And it's beautiful. It's great. But as we see, it won't fit for our characters for very long. And so I love Sasha. I think he's great. His acting is not the best. But again, the writing in this isn't the best. So everyone seems a little stilted to me. Um, I love the idea of a traveling entertainer. I think that's an underrated thing that would be valued in this world because these mm-hmm. kids are bored. <laughs> right. And I do I, like that. I do remember going through a period in my life when I was enamored with juggling. I was like 16 and my a friend taught me how to juggle. And I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Um, so I do, I really like that whole, that's what he brings to the table and it's, can you put a value on entertainment, you know? And um, he's like a really good book that you curl up with. But eventually the book is over and you have to go back with your life and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, I think of Sasha as just a lovely adventure that we get to go on. That's quite a harsh, like, summary of Sasha. Like, <laughs> Isn't this harsh? I thought that was a loving, yeah. like... Yeah, he's a, he's, a no, he's a novella that you quickly read and put aside. I mean, I think it's a bit harsh. But that is what Sasha is. But I just, I should have made a list of things I like more than Sasha. Does that make Trudy. a novella bad because you it's done no. and it's short? You still love it. It's- yeah, no, I think a bit, a bit, a little bit, yeah, I think. No, I think... <laughs> You know what, I, Liz, I think you you nailed it. That is exactly my thoughts on I Sasha. honestly meant it in the most positive way. Like I said, I love Sasha. <laughs> but I don't like Sasha. You know what I mean? It's just, I can't stay, I can't read all day. You know what I mean? Sometimes he's a I forgettable just character? I don't you think he's forgettable. I think I he's a lovely memory that you have of a time, but you, you don't, you can't spend your life there. 
You know, it's like that week that you spent in Greece. That was awesome. But you don't live in Greece. You know what I mean? You don't work in Greece. You can't. But you're always going to think of it fondly. It was a wonderful time in your life that you're not going to revisit because of whatever. But it was great. Well, it was there. And it wasn't meant Ooh. to be permanent. <laughs> I'm trying. Lance like, you're not helping. <laughs> okay, I'm like, yeah, I get this. I don't like Sasha. Go on. Wow. I, I, sorry. Sorry. I tried. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was being poetic. Lance was like, "Damn." Okay, let's let's switch this a bit. Let's forget. Let's forget the connections he's about to make. Um, did you find it refreshing? For example, like compared to Tyson, he challenges people, imposes them questions to make them think about the current situations without pushing the answers onto them. Yeah, I found it annoying. I love it. He's a, he's a friend that you go oh for like God. honest advice and he's like not giving you answers and you're like, dude, I just want some help from you. Like no, stop. He's, he's, he's trying to make you answer the question yourself. Like to search you for yourself rather than like Tyson like telling you what needs to be done. Like you didn't find that charming no. I, I do like the way Sasha goes about helping you figure it out because you already know the truth. You know what I mean? You just need yeah. someone to ask you the right questions and realize what they are. Dal already knows that it's Trudy he really wants. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And he's looking for someone to tell him what to do. And here Sasha's just asking him straight out, which one matters to you most? That is like a very valid, important Wait. question. And, so, and it Dal's just like, how do you know the right questions to ask? And it's just like, dude, it, I prefer that kind. I don't want someone telling me what to do. And if someone asked me for advice, I don't tell them what to do. I would ask questions the way Sasha does. Like, dude, you already know the answer. You know what I mean? You don't but, need me to tell you what yeah. to do. Didn't we talk so, about how Dal should have run for the girl like three episodes ago? Well, that's not on Sasha. That's on Dal. Yeah. I don't like Sasha. And, come on. Like. No, but he, he just, he helps you come to the right decision on your own without forcing any decision on, on him, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's needed more than someone giving direct advice on what to do. <laughs> Sasha's that summer abroad where you, you learned all kinds of great stuff about yourself. You might have had a love affair, but eventually you had to go back to your real life. But it was a summer you'll never forget. <laughs> that's what Sasha is to me. Wow. And you think of him every time you catch a breeze, you, a whiff of like lilac on the breeze. And you're just like, oh, remember that summer? You always Sasha's remember it well. No, Sasha's annoying. Apparently, I'm the only one on the panel who doesn't like Sasha. Well, you're not. We're the what weirdos. Most people seem to not like Sasha. <laughs> you know, most people in the fandom, at least. But um, same. I do love that about Sasha. And the other thing I like about him is because he's so different that he seems so untouched by this world. He brings out aspects of character in the others, parts of themselves they didn't know they could be. It reminds me of like when I. I was always just the weird girl who drew a lot in school. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends. And then I went to the summer program called Upper Bound. And it was a very different environment than school and what I was used to, different judgments, different expectations. And I was able to fly free. I was able to spread my wings and figure out things about myself that I didn't know. Sasha reminds me of that. There are people you meet who make you realize, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't have to live inside this one box. There are parts of me that are other things and I can be those things and I can explore those things. He brings that out of other characters. You know, he brings out a lot of positive aspects of other characters, things that they don't usually explore about themselves, you know, and 
he doesn't pigeonhole you. He doesn't say, oh, Amber is only the leader and that's the only way she can be seen. He sees Amber as so many different things and it allows Amber to be different things, you know? And I really like that about Sasha. Oh, I like Amber and Sasha so much. <laughs> I mean, that's only because you like you hate Amber and Bray so much. I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, it's not really a compliment. <laughs> You're just happy Amber's not with Bray. <laughs> You nearly managed to take her away. <laughs> Wouldn't that be really funny, though, if, like, Amber and Dal finally get back together and, like, Amber goes off with Sasha and, like, never comes back. Mm-hmm. And Dal's just <sighs> left back thinking about Amber the way Amber's been thinking about Dal right now. That would have been a weird turn for the show. As much as I like Sasha, though, I don't like his, his tribe style. I don't like his clothes. The clothes never bugged me until recently, though. Like, I've just always not liked Sasha, and then someone pointed out his hat, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, you were creepy before, now you're really creepy. Like, no. He's got, he's got a freezer full of bodies. I get, the, I get the, the inspiration, some of the gesture, like, uh, design components in it and stuff, but I just never found it aesthetically pleasing. And I really didn't like when he rode up in the horse and there was all that noise. That would drive me insane. I don't know how he can stand riding the horse with all those pots and stuff clanking away. I don't know how the horse can stand it. <laughs> you reminded me of Pippi Longstocking in that moment. See, okay, here's the thing about... Okay, so you see, I like Sasha. Thing? I can't stand Pippi mm-hmm. Longstocking. She's obnoxious. <laughs> but like, okay, so I always thought it was a jester hat. And then someone was like, it's a doll without a head. And I'm like, whole oh, what? And now it's just, dude, what is that? I do get a kick out of thinking of Sasha making that hat, though. <laughs> as much as I don't, I don't personally care for it, I love the idea of Sasha making it with a smile on his face. How dark do you have to be to be like, yo, I'm going to take this doll, I'm going to chop off its head and make it into a hat. That's a messed up. No, it's it. The hat isn't a doll. It's a sweater that he just put doll hands on. It's like a doll sweater, but it wasn't a doll. It, he didn't have to chop the head off. He chopped the <laughs> hands off and stuck them on the head. Oh, like that makes it even better, Liz. <laughs> Maybe the doll stole something. Okay, if it was okay for Jack. It's fine for Sasha. Science. <laughs> 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 but I don't like Sasha. He, there's something about like once again, it's if I had seen him on the street and if I was forced to coexist with this man, I'd be like, you keep bodies in a freezer, you eat people. There is something weird about you that is not right, and you put up this front so that I don't go in your basement where you've got the bodies chained up. You know how to get rid of a body, and that's that's that. Cleaning rotor. Aren't you going to be everyone's favorite person? We can't all be hunter-gatherers. Someone's going to stay home in Hoover? You don't strike me as the type. Got it in one. And you expect me to wear a loincloth and carry a club? Like all the best hunters. What about ex-boyfriends? What do they do when their girl suddenly reappears on the scene? Keep a distance. Be polite, but wary. They don't start thinking they might give it another go? No way. Life moves on so quickly since it happened. I've noticed. You never know what's about to take you by surprise. Or who. Okay, let's move on from Sasha. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and move on to another fantastic topic. Oh. <laughs> Bray and Wait, I want it back. I want Sasha back. 
No. <laughs> okay, what did you guys think about that romantic tease and that special discussion that occurred between the two of them? I know you're going to gag, but like, <laughs> did you enjoy any bit about, anything about it? Honestly, for me, the only problem was the script. I just, this is another one of those moments where I just felt like the script was not delivering what they were going for. And it, I mean, just the fact that Amber refers to Trudy as Bray's ex-girlfriend when she knows they weren't dating. Um, it just sounds awkward, this talk. And it comes out of nowhere the way how forward Amber is being flirt. I mean, I'm fine with Amber being openly flirtatious. That's fine. It just does kind of feel like it came out of nowhere. You know, um, I, I, for me, it's just the script. The actors are doing the best they can, but because the dialogue feels so off, I just yeah. can't get into the moment. I'm just, it feels mm -hmm. off and wrong. I don't know how, why it was directed the way it was. Amber just comes across a little out of character. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that Amber isn't capable of being flirtatious and, you know, I think that's awesome, but it just doesn't feel right here. And Bray doesn't really feel like he's having the same discussion with her. Um, again, yeah. I just don't like the script. It just doesn't work it's, for me. It feels like it's another one of those scenes where they want you to want, they want, say this. They want you to feel what they want you to feel, and it's just not done well. Like, they want Bramber to be a thing right now, and you're just like, no. If I ignore, if I ignore the specifics of what's said and just stick to, like, the point of the scene, I'm fine with that. Like, it's a flirty yeah. scene where, you know, Amber is just, she's checking, she's checking the lay of the land. Like, so you and Trudy are really over. I don't have to worry about her. And then at the same time, almost, like, asserting her interest. And Bray's like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the point of the scene I'm fine with, and I actually kind of like that. I just don't like the dialogue or the direction of it. I like Bray and Amber better than Sasha. I like Amber and Sasha better than Bray and Amber. <laughs> What's your take on the scene, Lance? Um, uh, I'm in two minds about it, because I feel like they watched the f scene a few episodes back where um, they were talking on the bed, but it just, yeah, it just wasn't written as well or directed as well. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it wasn't it just wasn't done as well. It's a clunky scene. Yeah. I think it's a good way of putting it. Again, I get the point of it. I like the point of it. Just wish it was executed better. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, I'd agree with that. I that's that's a fair statement. Because I do like an assertive Amber who is, you know, being deciding to be a little bit proactive about this crush she's got on Bray, where it's like, Okay, Aunt Trudy's back. I'm gonna find out where I stand. You know what I mean? And so, because the eyes mm -hmm. she's making at him, <laughs> like, dude, your ex, your, you know, the other girl's back in the picture, and I just need to know, is she going to really be in the picture, or is she out permanently? Is there room for me to get on the paper? And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, my dance card is free. <laughs> okay. I will keep you in mind for the next waltz. I just, I like it. I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good description of what yeah, it was. That is. He's like, don't worry. I, I have no plans after dinner. She's like, okay. <laughs> I, I do get this, like, this feeling that Bray just didn't realize that all of a sudden nobody's interested in him except for Amber. And I was like, like, he does. Like, that light bulb moment happens right in the scene. It's like, oh, wait. It's like he thought he blew his chance with her. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's like, oh. Oh, oh, snap. Oh. I'll give you all the reassurance you want. <laughs> I'm now looking at the scene a completely different way. 
Now, completely out of context, like forget the dialogue, forget all that. I really do love Beth Allen's sexy eyes that she's giving him. Oh my goodness. She is so committed to those eyes. Even I have a little bit of a crush on her. I'm like, damn, you're making me hot and bothered, Beth. What are you doing after the dance? It is a weird scene. <laughs> it's a very weird scene. Because it, it feels genuine, like, a couple, again, a couple of episodes back when they were talking about who's your type, and it just comes off so genuine, it flows, but here it's just, yeah, uh, it's a bit weird. They're trying to make it happen, and you're just like, mm, not the time or the place. Can we get back to creepy hands over there? Speaking of creepy hands, <laughs> um, let's switch to... Lex. <laughs> really? <laughs> Man, that backfired. That was you. <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> oh, Thank for that. So I thought maybe we could carry on doing it. You know, on a teacher pupil kind of basis. Sure. There's just one problem. There's a strict rule. Anything you say. Spiritual teachers never get it on with their pupils. Never? Ever. And it's this that finally pushes Lex to go back to Zandra. Um, so yeah, Lex tries to woo Zandra back with some perfume he claims was from outside. Um, I mean, let's ask the, the most important question first. Like, should Zandra really settle for being second best nope she shouldn't but she doesn't know yeah. that she's second best she doesn't know lex is settling for he, her yeah she thinks that he finally came around from the ryan thing maybe like i well, think that she knows like yeah she knows something mm-hmm. happened with ebony she knows something's kind of happening with tyson like, yeah no she's not but i think she thinks she won out mm-hmm. yeah like that's exactly I think- what it is she thinks that he kind of, you know, went around and tried everyone on for size, and, and the, he came back around to the comfy jeans. He came back to his senses. For Zandra, she doesn't see it as settling for second best. She sees it as winning. She's won. All the other girls, they didn't work. They weren't good enough for Lex. He chose her. Yeah. That's how she has to see it. Yeah. I also think that maybe for Zandra, there's like a bit of a, like, she likes the game too, where... You know, he tries out all of these other girls, but at the end, like, she's the one who comes out on top. Mm-hmm. In her eyes, that's love. He keeps coming back to yeah. her because she's the one he loves. You know, mm-hmm. that's how her brain translates this. That's what she likely believes love is. Just like you said, Hill, they play this game. And as long as Lex jumps through the hoops, that means he loves her enough to jump through the hoops. And... Yeah, I mean, that's how she's defining this. Mm-hmm. I think we're all on the same page with this, actually. I think this is our first. This is weird. It's sad, but I mean, a lot of young girls, a lot of young people go through relationships like that. And mm-hmm. that's how they define it in their eyes. You know, this person may do terrible things to me, but they're also willing to do stuff to make up for it. And they always come back to me and... Maybe that's the takeaway from this scene and this relationship with Lex and Zandra is because, you know, yeah, a lot of young people fall for that. And this show is for young people. So it's like... It's educational. It's educational. Exactly. We learned something today. 
to recognize when you're being used by somebody. Yeah. And that you don't need to put up with that. And Lex says exactly what she wants to hear. You know, when, when she's been upset at him, he finally comes around, like he realizes, okay, I can't figure out Tysan's game. It's not going to happen with her. Because he did. He That was his last attempt to play Tysan's game. Okay, I'll study with you. I'll pretend I'm interested in what you're interested in. And she put the kibosh on that. And he was like, oh, frick. Okay, I can't play your game. Your game makes no sense to me. Whatever. You're and, weird. Yeah, you're weird. You just don't get, I don't get it. So when he goes back to Zandra, he plays the game exactly the way Zandra likes it to be played. He mm -hmm. humbles himself. He eats crow. He's had time to think about his excuse. You know, he knows exactly what he has to do to get back in the door with Zandra. You know, he comes in, he apologizes, he admits his folly with Ebony. He, you know, even though he still kind of acts like Ebony was more at fault, he still admits, I screwed up. That was on me. You know, and then he makes sure to compliment her when he leaves, and then he leaves her a gift. Mm -hmm. He knew exactly what rules to follow to play this game, and it made Zondra happy because that's what she wants from him. That's love. And she admits as much that it has her idea of love is so twisted. Remember, Amber goes, wouldn't you want him, wouldn't you rather he want you because he wants you, not because he's jealous? And yeah. all Zondra can say is, you don't know how guys' minds work. But didn't she also say something about a game at that point? Like, I can't remember the line. She doesn't say anything about a game. She just says, uh, you I don't she... know how their minds work. You know, so this is her twisted idea of how a man in love is supposed to behave. You've been more of a mother to her than I have till now. There's the next umpteen years for you to catch up. I mean it, Celine. Who knows what would have happened without you? Don't make me into some sort of superhero. I'm far from it. If you feel that way, I might as well give up now. Not as a mom. As a person. And I thought I beat myself up. Let's move on to um, the heart-to-heart -heart between Trudy and Celine. Um, and it's in this scene that Trudy opens up and we see more of Celine's increasing feelings of guilt about Trudy's high opinion of her. Um, yeah, panel, what did you initially think about this scene? And did you think it was a turning point for Trudy and her integration into the group as a whole? Yeah, you know, I mean, she's put herself out on the altar of apology, you know? Mm -hmm. and yeah. No, at this point, it's two characters, like, we don't know all of everything. So at this point, like, two characters that I don't necessarily like very much. But, like, I feel for both of them in this scene. And I like this scene with the two of them. I, I feel for both of them and just want to scoop them both up for a hug. I think Celine, uh, she was, when she gave Brady back, that was a very shocking moment for Trudy because if anybody, you know, if she treated anybody terribly, it was definitely Celine, you know, and Trudy had no reason to believe that Celine would hand her child over willingly, you know, and especially when everybody else in the group is saying, ah, oh, we don't think you should have the baby, you know, and yet, and Celine could have just walked out the room, you know, and I think that's what Trudy was expecting her to do. And instead, she gave her her child back. She handed Trudy the most abundant olive branch of peace you possibly yeah. could, you know, mm -hmm. and that humbles you. And it reminded, you know, Trudy that her feelings for towards Celine were not fair and that they were born of jealousy. And she feels the need to tell her that, you know, um, which I do think is really crazy about the way... <laughs> 
humans the way we can hate each other and then something happens and then we have these wonderful heartwarming like connective like you get drunk together or something and suddenly like i love you i love you (laughs) no i never hated you no never you know whatever and yeah so i i understand why trudy suddenly wanting to tell celine and connect with her and put it on put all that awful stuff under the bridge you know what i mean and be like i'm really sorry about all that you caught me at a bad time (laughs) like they're trying to forge a relationship and move forward like and kind of trudy turning over a new leaf and being productive member of the tribe and you got to make it right with people that you've wronged you know and if there's anyone wronged it's celine exactly And, and then celine's guilt now okay personal story time I there was this girl named Amy and me and her were fighting over a boy when I was like 16 okay and I freaking hated Amy you know people kept telling me oh guess what who I saw with your boy man you know what I mean I'd be like what you know and so we fought all summer I hated her I thought she was a hoe right (laughs) so the next summer we meet up again this guy's not in the picture and I'm still kind of hating her you know I'm still looking at her like ugh can't stand her and i spread some nasty rumors about her you know awful stuff like well my man told me she gave him crabs you know what i mean like i said some terrible stuff about this young woman so i was all ready to continue the hate train right and she came up to me the following summer she was like hi how are you doing and she was being so nice and then she started apologizing about the whole mess that had gone down and i immediately melted (laughs) she's like i just hope you don't hate me and i'm like oh no of course not girl i don't hate you and suddenly i was like oh my gosh i said all those horrible things about you how do i make this right (laughs) so i've been celine i totally (laughs) like oh oh now you're showing me love and i feel terrible about what i did to you when i was mad (laughs) i think this is another life lessons with the tribe scene (laughs) as liz just pointed out it's a very educational episode (laughs) right it's like one of the worst written but hey it's got a lot of good points that's why i said this episode it gets the job done Mm -hmm. true they were like it's almost mid-season we got a lot of plot to cover let's go we need to to hit these educational points before we were allowed to go on with part two of this season (laughs) what are you really doing remembering what was your favorite the one with the chocolate flake i'll buy one what Two ice cream cans, please, with flakes. Thanks. Here. Mm, Brill. Watch out, it's stripping. <laughs> You're nuts. Yeah, I suppose. What? You forgot the raspberry sauce. In this episode, Casey finally interacts more with Patsy and Chloe, um, and he offers to let them play with Jack's Game Boy. Uh, Despite Patsy's opinion that playing with Casey will only end in him stealing all their toys, Casey manages to charm his way into their friendship with a very sweet game of imagination with the ice cream. Um, Yeah, panel, what did you think of that quite charming scene um, where he imagines the ice cream with Patsy? It was incredible. I love you so much. M-M-O-B. I love that scene. Everything about it is pretty spot on. I feel bad for Casey, too, because I'm like, he probably sees Chloe and Patsy as, like, kids his own age, and he can finally have, like, playmates, and they don't like him because they think he's weird or that they'll steal, he'll steal his stuff, and he, like, is trying 
so hard to be their friend. And then they imagine this ice cream thing. And I'm just like, babies. <laughs> I think for Patsy, it's also reasons she doesn't like KC. Paul, I know. Yeah, it, it's she misses her brother. He's a he's another boy around that age. I get that, but also I like Casey and I like Paul too. But I just I I don't think Patsy's grudge is that good. Like I just want them all to be happy. Okay. What I like is uh, Casey's learned behavior. It's possible Casey didn't have a great childhood. You know, maybe a similar one to Lex. But I really think it's interesting that Casey, how Casey came out of it differently than Lex. Mm -hmm. Casey doesn't deal with his trauma by burning bridges or pushing people away. He deals with his trauma by ensuring connections with people because you never know when you're going to need those connections. So, you know, even when he's stealing from Jack, he doesn't do it in a way that's going to piss off Jack. You know what I mean? He finds a way to, you know, he already stole the Game Boy when Jack wasn't looking, right? And now he's going to return the Game Boy, but he offers Jack coffee. He doesn't offer to help Jack because he knows his help will not be welcome. But he brings him a coffee and made it exactly the way Jack would want it to be made. Mm -hmm. And so now that Jack's guard is down, Casey goes, oh, can I use your Game Boy? The Game Boy he's already had, <laughs> just returned. You know, um, the way he approaches the girls. Again, he's, he's really good at creating smooth transitions into these relationships with people to make them like him or at least let their guard down around him. And that's, that's definitely a survival technique, you know? That's almost why I think Casey's pre-tribe life wasn't as dark and horrible as Alexis. Like, I think he kind of used his skill as a way of getting more information or more thing, less so than, like, getting out of trouble and seediness. Well, just because he doesn't react the same way as Lex doesn't mean he had it any better. No. Not everybody who comes from a bad home reacts the same way Lex did. You know, it has everything to do with your personality, mm. you know? So just because KC has managed to remain, you know, a very nice person who knows how to create bonds with people and how not to piss them off, uh, doesn't mean he had some great childhood or one that was better than Lex's. That's why I think it's just interesting that it's implied he had a rough childhood. And yet he is, he does has managed to still remain a stable human being, uh, even at his young age. And um, I really love the scene with the ice cream. He is going out of his way to make a connection with Patsy and make her feel better for no other reason than, well, it might be useful to him to have her as an ally, but it'll also make her smile. He didn't have to do any of that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I don't think Casey would have been a bad influence. I think they would have been an interesting group, you know, influencing each other. Because I don't think Casey is a bad influence. I think he just takes the skills he learns from others and applies them in his own life. Until he gets, you know, a little annoying in his preteens, but... Though in Casey's defense, it's the girls who got annoying in their preteens. Casey yes. is still Casey. He's like, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> right? Boys. That's what happened with them. Were you born cynical? Look, ask yourselves, why are they doing it? Well, maybe they're like us. Tired of struggling alone. Or gangs of madmen waiting to do us in. He's such a cheery soul, isn't he? What would we do without him? I'm up for sussing it some more. Can't do any harm. Let's make a decision after that. What do you say, Lex? Doesn't matter. Yes, your vote counts. 
And what's one vote when the other two come from La La Land? Uh, let's move on to um, probably the quote of the episode. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> so in a scene with Amber and Bray, um, the group discuss Trudy's information that she brought back about the tribal gathering. Um, and though Lex is wary, Amber and Bray decide that they to look into it. Uh, yeah, we spoke quite a bit about world building in the last podcast, but um, what do you think about how true the statement is about um, tribes coming together in peace? Like, did you initially think that was the truth at all? Um, I don't think I thought it was like, oh, it'd be completely peaceful. We're all going to hold hands across America or anything like that. <laughs> but um, it is definitely worth checking out. Like, why would they be coming? These these are tribes have been fighting with each other since the virus. We're talking like a year of tribal mm-hmm. warfare in the streets. If they've decided to suddenly like come together and try and discuss it, that is worth checking out, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to be on the outside of that. You want to get out there and scope that out and find out what is going on. If the tribes are actually thinking, dude, maybe we need to work together. I would want to be a part of that. I definitely would want, but I, I would be wary. I'd be cautious. Like, you know, it could be a disaster. These are tribes that have been fighting with each other <laughs> since the all began. Actually, something that surprised me there was Trudy saying that, oh, Ebony's doing so much better as he's leading them in a whole new direction whilst he has no reason whatsoever to trust Ebony and the way she does things. Oh, that's in the next episode, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I think Trudy was just it you know, just to address that, I think Trudy was just trying to be positive. You know, yeah. because she herself has been quite negative about everything. So she's thinking maybe I judged Ebony wrong, you know, if she's actually got these people to meet and talk. Mm-hmm. She's obviously taken the locos in a different direction. So I think she was just trying to be positive <laughs> in reference to that. Well to talk about it now, that does that did drive me a bit insane. <laughs> that comment because Trudy hates Ebony. She hates her to her core. Right? Yeah. I cannot believe that she would say that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> just that doesn't connect with me. Yeah. I think I realized that they were opening it up to a bigger world. Like we've been so into the mall and suddenly now there's a tribal gathering and we're gonna see other tribes and yeah, it's probably a trap, but it was gonna open up our are like our focus instead of being so focused in on one little thing. Um, Cause also I don't think I realized that there were 52 episodes and I thought maybe this was leading into like a next series. Like we were going to go into season two and see more of the world. I just thought it was funny that this is the same Lex who had said the tribes were coming together and that, <laughs> It made sense that, you know, Jack, of course, was hoarding the food so he could trade with the tribes because they're coming together and he knows this because he keeps his ear to the ground. But now he's like, there's no way these people could be getting together. It's a trap. You guys are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, Lex. (laughs) So you were lying before. Of course. (laughs) Of course you were. But I do I do feel for him when he says, what's one vote when the other two come from La La Land? Because that is the unfortunate thing. Um. Because Amber and Bray are already in agreement of doing this, what's the point of Lex voicing a dissent mm-hmm. against it? You know, it's two to one. But I think we've all been in that position too, like where you're kind of the third wheel. But I mean, it also is funny because it is true. Lex is the pessimist, you know, and Amber's the optimist. And now she's got Bray feeling optimistic with her. And Lex mm-hmm. is like, are you freaking kidding me? 
Got the Von Trapp family singers over here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, they definitely should check it out. Definitely. It's mm-hmm. not something they can ignore that is happening out there, but I agree with Lex. Like, Dude, this, we really need to be cautious about this, you know, yeah. um, because we're talking about tribes we've been hiding from and they're all going to be in the same freaking place. Even if they decide to only set each other on fire, we easily get caught in the middle of that just because we're there. You know, let's be careful. I don't really, maybe send, let's discuss how we're going to get involved in this. Maybe send out something or. I'm actually surprised that they did jump in with like all feet to go to this gathering. Like they didn't hold people back. Like I'm telling you the writing in this episode, it's, just, <sighs> it's trying to move the players from one place to another so quickly. That everything yeah. is decided so fast. You know, Trudy's, it's resolved. Trudy comes back, everything's resolved. And, you know, here we hear about the tribal gathering and it's already decided we're going to go. And it's like, take That's your time. I thought this was like the end because it seems like they're trying to wrap everything up with a big giant bow. And yet we still have a lot of ways to go, you know? And I feel like that could have been a way better, more interesting discussion between Amber Bray and Lex and I know the writing has shown that they can have more interesting conversations this one is just so one-sided and just we, we're doing this and fine you know and I thought it was strange that neither Amber or Bray really brought up any alternatives or different ideas or even their own cautious points you know it's just it was a, mm-hmm. it was a conversation that needed to be it is weird and this is where we are and so yeah, again, it once again feels like, man, you guys really sped through this decision. <laughs> you didn't really talk it out. This is going to be a weird sort of theory, but I wonder how much of that plays into like what was happening behind the scenes. Like if there was something behind the scenes in the writer's room or something. When I think about the writing and behind the scenes, now that you say that, this is the feeling I get from season one. One especially. Yeah. Other seasons have it too, but season one has it especially. And this is why I say it wasn't streamlined. It wasn't planned. They're throwing things at the wall. The exactly. They'll go through these periods where the writing, they don't have a plot plan. They just have small plots and mm-hmm. they just kind of scatter them out. And time That's- passes very slow and there's not a lot happening. And then you always get this, get this sense that in the writer's room, inspiration struck. And so oh, yeah. Happened- this big plot point they were like oh you guys i have an idea that's going to take like 17 episodes to go through and all of a sudden the plot picks up the pacing picks up and it's like Uh whoa where did this come from and we just zoom through this new active plot and then things will slow down again so i feel like in the writer's room perhaps somebody got this idea for the tribal gathering and sasha and everyone focused in on that boom it was like okay we got to get you know trudy and dell at the mall and it and then all of a sudden these things are happening. Boom, 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 boom. And like, I don't know, I guess because the try was something that spoke to me and started my my career in writing and eventually filmmaking and all. Like, I kind of like seeing those little bits of like how the show was stitched together through the show, you know, or maybe it's just me. Like, I almost want a documentary of them behind the scenes, like documenting the entire season from start to finish. Well, if they'd made it today, we would definitely guess that. But the tribe was made uh, before there was a genuine, like, mass interest. But I wish stuff. we had that. So they had no reason to believe anyone would want that stuff. Lord of the Rings changed that. True. But, you know, we kind of get possible snippets when 
like you said, someone walked in the writer's room with an idea and then everything shifted focus. Yeah, they're like, okay, for the next seven episodes, let's plot out this idea. And suddenly it's very plot heavy, very action oriented. And and then it'll go back into a quiet lull, you know, Mm -hmm. until the next huge idea comes in. And I mean, it's it's not really far fetched because, yeah, the tribe was already very irregular by having like this soap length kind of episode series. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's not like far fetched to think that at all. But I do like the idea that, you know, we only, we've been getting hints about the world outside. And so once again, I really like getting that insight into the world outside and how it's been changing while we've been locked in the mall. And that what world is constantly changing. We don't know the details because we're locked in the mall with the mall rats, you know, we don't know what's going on out there. And the fear of stepping out there when you hear there's a change and I can I can feel Amber's desperation to be like, dude, we can't stay locked in here forever. Who wants to live like this? We live like this out of necessity, not because we want to. Wouldn't it be great if we could go outside without fear of being attacked by somebody? And um, so, yeah, it, it is really, it's a promising, like, we've got to meet the nomads, but we haven't really gone out into the city. You know, that's dangerous. So the idea that we could, that'd be really cool. That's why I thought they were, you know, switching focus and opening it up to a bigger world to see life outside the mall though it does have an almost too good to be true feel to it especially when you have the idea that the nomads tell dal he can't leave mm-hmm. so they went from being these really nice warm people to suddenly kind of creepy and you're one of us now <laughs> suddenly they've always been creepy so now you have to wonder if the information that trudy got from them was all that trustworthy so this almost lays the, the seeds of the mall rats are walking into a trap. <laughs> it almost made me think Hill might have a point with her cannibal. Thank you. That's, see, that's, that's where this really started to snowball for me. Is because now Dal can't leave. There's some sort of tribal gathering that's coming on and the nomads have to be there for some reason. Hmm. Maybe they're selling people meat. Maybe they're selling people. I don't know. I just went straight back into that cult idea. I was like, oh, they are a cult. Oh, no. It's very possible. I'm just saying. Do do you remember at the time, like, did you enjoy that it kept kind of keeping you on your toes by kind of flitting between the different options? Yeah. I think I just wanted to be right. So I was like, oh, I know it. I know they're cannibals. Come on, let's see it. And then I I get other things in the back of my mind. I guess it's kind of different for me because when I first watched this show, we had double episodes. So episode 25 and 26 were one episode when I first watched it. Mm. If if you look at the Dutch DVDs, you have 26 episodes in total. And episode 25 and 26 would have been episode 13. So I, I never saw them separately as a child or at least as a teenager when I first watched it. It was just it was one big episode for us. So I never had that moment to question what was going to happen because we instantly went over on to the next episode. I wonder, like, how much of that changes your perception of, like, the cliffhangers and stuff. A lot. Because, you know, our cliffhanger is what's going to happen at the gathering and then that's instantly resolved Mm -hmm. for you, I guess. Yeah, that changes a lot. Like, or later seasons where, like, people could possibly die or, you know, get really injured and stuff. Like, thinking about, like, four and five, that's crazy. Like, that's weird to think about. 
even in the earlier episodes, you know, Trudy yeah. goes into labor and she has pregnancy. So I, this just popped in my mind. I remember watching season four back in the day and there is a cliffhanger with Lex and like the episode, episode ending and just me being really upset for like the entire week because Lex was left in the balance and I didn't know what was going to happen. Like that was a really scary moment for young child Hillary. Mm-hmm. Like, cause by that point we already knew that favorite characters got killed off. No, but yeah, it, it does, it did change perspective on some things. Like, for example, earlier episodes where Suit comes into the mall and then everything happens off that. It's one episode here. Yeah. Or at least it was the first time around. But I wonder then if there's parts, like, that you guys picked up on that we never did. Like, because of the flow. Yeah, possibly. Men, they warp your brain, don't they? If you let them. I suppose you meditate it all the way. It helps. That and singing for the nerds they really are. You know, I almost let Lex blow our friendship. How come? By being a jealous cow. Nothing to be jealous about. I know that now. Lex explains it all. Good. But for a while I did think there was something going on between you two. Lex and me? No. I believe you. Good. We only slept together twice. Mostly is an aura balancing exercise. Aura balancing exercise? Um, yeah, it's in this scene that Tyson is tripped up when Zandra mentions that Lex explained things. Um, but Zandra discovers that Tyson actually slept with Lex as a mostly aura balancing exercise. Twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> How do you think Zandra felt in that exact moment? And yeah, what do you think about Tyson's completely over the top escalation to defending herself? <laughs> I feel bad for Zandra. Like, you know, and I think she was she was cool. You know, Lex came to her and kind of apologized, and it seemed to be okay. And you know, like it was it was sketchy, and it was, but it wasn't as hurtful. And then you hear Tyson saying all of this stuff, especially like driving home the twice thing, like. It wasn't just an honest mistake once. It was a twice thing. Like that that changes it. Now it's a big deal. Like Yeah. Wow. I feel bad for both of them, actually. Um, I do feel bad for Zandra. Here's Zandra, you know, things are peaceful with her and Lex. He played his part in the game and they're okay. And so here she is being gracious and admitting that she almost let all of that petty jealousy ruin a friendship with Tyson. Tyson, who's been nothing but nice to her since she came to the mall. Mm-hmm. Tyson, one of the few people who reached out to her and has never judged her, her love for Lex, and who actually actively tried to help her, you know, get Lex in a way that made sense for them both. And here's Zonda realizing, I haven't been really nice to her, even though it's not her fault. And so she's apologizing, you know, and to find out that Lex was lying to her that this is what he was actually doing she thought he was just flirting with tyson you know she didn't yeah i mean like she just thought they were kind of flirting with the idea and here you know here she is finding out that he actually had sex with tyson and i feel bad for tyson because for a moment tyson thought she was understood by somebody Mm -hmm. tyson spent a lot of her life people not getting her 
You know what I mean? And so she tends to reject people before they can reject her. You know, she's used to that. And so here she is, you know, and she thinks her and Zandra have come to a beautiful understanding. And she's sincere and going, oh, no, I was never, I would never try to take your boyfriend. I wasn't interested in him like that. There was nothing between us because that's how Tysan sees it. There was nothing emotional between she and Lex. You know, to her, sex doesn't have to be romantic. You know, it doesn't even have to be really sexual. It's, it was just a physical act, you know, and it's a business agreement. Right. You know, and so she's like, when Zandra says Lex explained things, you can see Tyson's face light up. Like, oh, yeah. No matter these stupid secrets and all these hangouts with people, we can clear the air and be honest with each other. True. And so she's just like, and she's reassuring Zandra. In Tyson's point of view, she's letting Zandra know, mm -hmm. don't worry. There was nothing emotional between us. We only had sex. And it was just an aura balancing exercise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel bad for her because Zondra's reaction, you know what yeah. I mean? And Tysan's not prepared for it because, again, she thought Zondra knew, you know? And that's what she thought Zondra was saying. And, and so, yeah, she reflects like a... She reacts like a cat, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she strikes out immediately at Zondra's anger. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And... So I feel bad for both of them. I really do. Like that sucks. Life lesson of the tribe: If you are going to sleep with someone, make sure all parties are aware of the the arrangement. I guess. I love Tyson, but <laughs> I, I can't feel sorry for her in that scene at all. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with Liz on this. How? I'm with Lance. <laughs> Explain to me how, how, yeah. how, how, explain yourself. What happens with Trudy? How are you happy with this? <laughs> I have no clue why. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Devane. Sorry, it's just, you know, Tyson's sitting there and you can see it in her eyes that she thinks Lex explained everything and that Sandra's fine with it, you know? Because that's the, the idea she has. She's clueless to the fact that Sandra isn't fine with it because she thinks Lex told her everything. But she, she knew that Sandra yeah. would never be happy with this because she wanted to marry Lex. She wanted to be with Lex. And yeah. She was specifically told to wait and yeah. don't let Lex have his way with her. Like, well, see, that's no. what I mean. That's why I mean, she, she kept it a secret before because she knew Sandra wouldn't knew. like this and she wouldn't understand this. Okay. So when Sandra says that Lex explained things, yeah. she's thinking, oh, he was able to tell her everything and she's okay with it. Like, that's why she's so confused. Yeah. She thought, oh, we can finally be open about this because I didn't want to keep it a secret from you, but I had to because I was, you know, I didn't want to hurt your feelings or whatever or make you upset. And no, so, like, I yeah. get that, but so, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Zandra's the one who really got the the bad end of the bargain. Like, yes, it was a mistake on Tysan's part. Is she thought that Lex had explained everything, and obviously he didn't. But like, do you have to blab about all that? Like, Zandra could have been blissfully unaware, and like things could have been happy. And that's why I think it's the twice thing that really just gets under Zandra's skin and. Now, in the interest of playing devil's advocate with myself, I will say that Tysan totally brought this on herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because once again, she, 
this is what I talked about when I said that Tyson has these very cool ideas and cool philosophies, but she doesn't really think about them or take responsibility for what could happen if she acts upon them or if the people who take her advice act upon it. She sleeps with Lex mainly because she just wanted to know if she could fix him. And then she dropped him like a hot potato when she was done, you know, without any care of anyone's feelings. All right. And she'll even say later when Amber confronts her over this, you know, Amber will say, what about Zondra's feelings and her aura and how she would affect the tribe? Tysan doesn't have an answer for that because she wasn't thinking about Zondra's feelings. So she is a hypocrite in her mm -hmm. beliefs. You know, she did all this to fix, yeah. you know, Lex and to clear his aura, but she certainly didn't care what would happen to Zondra's aura if she found out about it, you know? And so she brought this on herself. Um, again, I, I still feel bad for the both of them, but I'm not saying that Tyson's an innocent or that she didn't deserve <laughs> for things to backfire this way. <laughs> she fully deserved it. It was more in this moment, it seems to her that Lex explained everything and that Sandra seems fine with that. So yeah, definitely missed uh, communication, but this wouldn't have happened if she had been more responsible with her actions. Mm. And just like you guys said, she knows Zondra would not be okay with another woman sleeping with Lex, even if it was to fix him. But she did it anyway, you know, and rationalized it to herself because it's what she wanted to do. You know, mm -hmm. she wanted to do this. She wanted to explore this. And hmm, I wonder. And she didn't care about anyone's feelings in the process. And so this is what happened. Uh, my only comment on her. <laughs> Her kick to the face is oh my god oh, okay i have two comments about it one zondra took that kick like a pro okay like, right that was the maze balls like go zondra <laughs> you just got kicked in the, in the face and she didn't even fall over that was amazing right. two, or cry or please explain to me why we never see this amazing fighting style from tyson later on like you know when it's necessary mm -hmm. She never kicks anyone in the face again. And there are plenty of people who needed to be kicked in the face. And then her fighting skills just weren't there. So those are my two comments on that. person wasn't available for the day. I don't know. I'm like, why would you use your, your face kick on this moment? There were better moments you could have used this down the road. You wasted it. You wasted it. It's like a PG-13 movie wasting their F-bomb. You're like, really? <laughs> no, so in the... In the moment, Tyson was channeling her her powers, and she needed a cooldown period, like in a video game. And she never gets to like the cooldown period, never fills back up because it was such a powerful <laughs> kick. You know what? That's going in my head cannon. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> she saved up her whole life for that kick. <laughs> Exactly. And she thought it was the opportune moment, so she took it. It does make when like Alice comes in season two, like wanting to be a bodyguard, you just think, No, you know what, Alice, she's alright. She, she yeah, right? herself. She she doesn't need any help. Wait, it goes back to the whole Tyshan's a robot thing. So that's what it was. She used her, her robot powers for the kick and then she needed to, you know, charge her batteries or whatever. <laughs> She's just going to charge him for three more seasons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Once again, it was that strong of a kick. Okay. Headcanon accepted. Good night. Well, on that note. Um, 
<laughs> brings episode 25 to a close. Uh, thank you very much to the panel, and we'll see you the next time for episode 26. So until then, bye. 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 <laughs> bye.